A little bouncer slowly toward Bryant. He will glove it and throw to Rizzo. It's in time. And the Chicago Cubs win the World Series. I remember running home from school, turning on the TV to the Cubs game, sitting with my dad to watch his heroes. Welcome to the World Series Dreaming Chicago Cubs Dreamcast, now hanging out with Obstructed View. We are not affiliated with the actual Chicago Cubs, but we're just a bunch of fans who love Local 9 and talking baseball, including the 2016 World Series champion Cubs. Good day, this is Jeff. With me is Adam and Jeff of a certain view. We're deep into the postseason now. The league championship series are finishing up. Hoping, just based on how they started, that uh, it'd be over by the time we record. But we could potentially be getting a couple of game sevens, depending on what happens tonight and tomorrow. How are you guys enjoying the postseason so far? I don't have cable, so I've barely seen any of it. Oh, you're not watching on game day in spreadsheet form? I have to watch on game day. Uh, the cool thing is that Max, which formerly was known as HBO Max, is streaming the TBS broadcast of the NLCS. But what I notice is that, so like, you know how game day is about a pitch behind uh, live. The Max stream is about two pitches behind game day. So I'm actually three pitches behind. So I have to like avoid Discord and Twitter like the plague, <laughs> or else they can spoil for me. Uh, yes, yes. Well, I I've been enjoying mostly. I find it's really hard to sit through an entire game just because the more I watch, the more I get pissed off that the Cubs aren't in it. Uh, <laughs> So, you know, I, I do what I can. So I, I tune in when it gets uh, when it gets intense. And then when they're lower leverage moments, I just I, I just get out of there. But it, overall, it's been fun. I've really enjoyed this particular Schwarber uh, NLCS. That's been that's been a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, it's Schwarber's all great. Or nothing. <laughs> I've been, oh, yeah, I was just living vicariously through uh, my two project leaders. One's a Rangers fan and the other's a Phillies fan. So I, I hear <laughs> about all the games, even if I don't watch them. <laughs> I thought tonight we'd actually talk a little bit about how we perceive the postseason uh, series so far. Maybe we can talk about what the Cubs have to do this offseason. We've talked about it before, but now that things are getting closer to the end of the World Series, which hasn't even started yet. We can talk about, you know, what the Cubs have to do to get back to the postseason and actually be part of the chaos. And, uh, yeah, we can go from there. How's that for a plan, gentlemen? I love this plan. I'm excited to be a part of it. Let's do it. Sounds good. Awesome, awesome. As the spring gave away to summer, past the ivy-colored dreams, toward the days that kept us yearning for tomorrow the one thing that i noticed about the postseason is that even the like really high scoring games or games that stretch out with a lot of pitching changes are finishing like shy of three and a half hours i think the longest one i've seen is that three and a half hour games most most of them are around the three hour mark 
so yay catch clock but it, you know like a lot of them have been really captivating save for the the few games that are just really stretched out because they have made any pitching changes they are doing bullpen games they're doing openers because i guess like by the time you're done with the regular season everybody's hurt or broken or tired and you just have to cobble together nine innings but uh yeah i i really did like the way it shook out uh one thing that i have to ask you gentlemen uh is to buy the devil because three of the four teams that had a buy are now out of the postseason the only one who had the buy and is still in is the astros (laughs) so do you still like this format? And if not, what would you change? I guess I'll go first. I mean, I still like it. I mean, uh, my uh, ice cold take is that, you know, you'd still rather have the buy than not. And this didn't happen to work out this year. <laughs> but yeah, I'm cool with the format. Yeah, I I love the format. I love the buy. I still think it's ample motivation um, to to do well. It's the the best of five series. That's that's the that's really the devil um, when it comes to postseason ball. You having 101 wins does not help you in a five game series. Uh, I I can't I can't imagine these the the teams. If I if I'm not mistaken, the teams that had a buy that didn't advance still had pitching staffs that were pretty beat up. So you think that not having all of your starting pitchers is the devil <laughs> more than the, the seven days rest or whatever it is that they got, you know, and the buy to me seems to benefit teams whose lineups might be a little beat up. So I, you know, not having all of your players is much a, a much bigger deal than than having too much rest. And so I think the buy helps you with that. But if you have pitchers who are, you know, the, the extra day off isn't going to help with somebody who had Tommy John surgery. But somebody's got a dead arm or just needs a, a little more rest. I think that favors the the better team. It's just teams like the Dodgers and the and the Braves with just ridiculously stacked lineups that's what had carried them through beyond all those those injuries but if you don't have your best pitchers and your best defenders available for the the playoffs in a short series it's not going to be that difficult to knock off those teams and, and to me that's what happened a lot more then, oh, they just got too much rest. Yeah, I don't think it's a rest thing. It's just, it's a cop out to say, but it's just baseball, right? And it kind of makes me think of, like, the the Cubs in 2007, 2008. They made the playoffs. They were pretty darn good. They were going to high. And they got cold at the absolute worst time. Uh, I like what you said about the pitching because I think the problem with the Baltimore Orioles was they simply didn't do anything to shore up their pitching rotation. They were basically like kind of banking on their offense to do things. And like the, those Cubs, they got really, really cold at the worst possible time and their pitching didn't do them any favors. So that was 
probably the thing. And then if you take a look at on the other side, Phillies, for example, they just went to the World Series. They're not a terrible team. So it's not like the uh, Braves were going to have a cakewalk, you know? So well, I, I think... Go sorry, ahead. Keep going. I was going to say, the Phillies are also a, kind of a weird team in that they're much more a team that's built for the playoffs. Like, they've got two good pitchers, but they don't have a ton of pitching depth, right? And they got all these guys who can get hot and just hit a billion home runs like, uh, you know, Schwarber and... Uh, Harper, but you know, we as Cubs fans certainly know what it's like when Schwarber goes cold. He just didn't <laughs> these playoffs. Right, right. He decided to get hot at the right time, and I guess there's two things. One is that if you just wanted the best possible team to win all the time, there are no playoffs. They just win the pennant, and that's it. And that's really no fun, and that doesn't make the the team any or the league any money. So it's like. Well, what's the point then, you know, because we're not making any money. So obviously we still want these players. Uh, the second thing is you, you you might have a good point there. Like there are some teams that are just built for the playoffs. They just have to get there. So do you now have to build a team that gets you there and then gets hot? Or do you build that team that always gets to those 100 wins and is either completely gassed out or they have to weather, you know, they, they, they're just good enough to weather all those really bad pitching injuries or upper injuries. And by the time they get to the playoffs, uh, that, that's it. That's the limit. So I, I don't know what the answer is, but I just think that it probably has to do with hotness. And maybe that 54% uh, rule that uh, Jerry DePoto was saying is true. Like he probably shouldn't have said that out loud. But, uh, you know, if you can win 54% of your games, I think that's like 87 wins most of the time, right? And yeah, so all right. get get to the playoffs, get to the playoffs, let chaos do its thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think there's something to be said for winning a lot during the regular season, like what that means to your fan base, what that means to your revenue. When you have a team that is doing really well, breaking records, playing as well as the Braves did this year, that's a fun team to follow and a fun team to watch. And you're going to have a lot more fan involvement, fan engagement, and fan spending um, when your team is historically good for six months. You know, there's something to be said for that beyond just, oh, our playoffs didn't last. It's not like this is the first time we've ever experienced the Braves exiting the playoffs earlier than we thought. I mean, (laughs) the 1990s, that was the theme, right? So let's 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 not act like changing the playoff format, you know, did the Braves in. I think it's just maybe the the fact that it's Atlanta and that's the way it goes. Yeah, the Braves were my uh, non-Cubs rooting interest team in the playoffs. It's not like the Cubs were ever in the playoffs, so I definitely uh, I definitely know that. <laughs> oh yeah, and there was that time. I mean. The, there was a time during the 90s when it was like the opening round of the, the playoffs. They couldn't even sell out. It was like, we'll show up for the league championship series and probably won't win that. But that's when it gets interesting. And that's when we want to watch. I do wonder if five days is a little too much, but I feel like there there isn't much, much to adjust. Right. Like there's they've turned the wild card game a single elimination game into a three-game series, which I think is more fair. 
they, they're not going to do away with the travel days because I don't think the players union would want that. So you're stuck with those five days. The only other thing they can do is change the DS into a best of seven. And that pushes the World Series even further into November. So there's like only so much you can do. Like if you get rid of the travel days or if you give like the uh, higher seed in the wild card round a one one game to nothing lead right off the bat. So all they have to do is win the one game. That still doesn't really guarantee them immunity from chaos, right? I still like like if you play these short series, there's always going to be chaos. Um, and if if you don't want to allow for the possibility that the best teams from the regular season are eliminated after two or three games, my suggestion is still out there. Uh, Rob Manfred has not taken me up on it, but the concept of a six, seven, eight, however many teams from each league are in the postseason doing a round robin turn tournament where they all play each other three times and the teams with the best records host those tournaments uh, where you have basically, I don't know how long it would take, depending on how many teams there were, uh, one, two, three weeks, whatever it is, where you're playing, if it's say seven teams you're playing or you probably do six teams so there'd always be a game going but regardless you're playing three game series against those other five teams or those other six teams so it's 15 or 18 games uh per team and you take the best records after that and the next the top four or the top two teams go on so that way you aren't relying on a, a flash in the pan oh they had a good weekend and so now they're they're moving on you allow all the teams that make the postseason to play two or three weeks of games and I like that idea. move forward i think it would be fun but it's just so non-traditional i don't know that they would ever they would ever go for it is that how they do it in the uh, college world series i can't remember oh, they do yeah. uh they do a super regional uh, where I think it's single elimination for a bit. When they get to the College World Series, it becomes double elimination, and then the actual championship game is the best of three. I think KBO does something kind of like that. Uh, it, it, when you talked, it, it got me thinking of that tower. You remember like the old school Mortal Kombat games where you would just like keep climbing the tower before you got to fight Goro or whatever. <laughs> so that. That, that sounds like a, a tower scheme, which might be kind of fun. Uh, what I think needs to happen is you continue to award as much as possible anyway the division winners, and you try to penalize the guys who don't win the division as much as possible. Uh, I think what also has to happen is you you need to give someone the incentive other than world you know World Series home field advantage you need to give them an incentive for being the best team in the league or the best team in the majors otherwise everybody's just going to try to win those 54 percent of games that's what baseball executives do now they try to build a team as cheaply as possible which you know it used to be fun for us until we realized hey you know these guys have money and players deserve to be paid so maybe do that make a really interesting team for us to watch but yeah, if you don't give them that incentive, they're just going to 
build more like this year's Seattle team than the juggernaut Atlanta Braves team that we watched before they flamed up. Yeah, I, I the the one advantage I think you could give is extend the same way that they do home field advantage all the way through the wild card round. They could do home field advantage all the way through the the divisional series for the 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 team with the superior record. Um, and personally, I think that should apply to regardless of whether you won your division, you should if you have the better record. You know, if you're a wild card team with a better record than the divisional winner you're playing, I think home field advantage should go to the team with a better record, especially in this this arrangement they have now where it's a fairly balanced schedule. Um, You win more games. You're you're a better team. You know, (laughs) give them the advantage there. But uh, you you could extend get rid of the balanced schedule. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I know your time zone issues uh, don't uh, aren't favorable for that. I love it, but yeah, yeah, it's and I think they could do that. They could get rid of the balanced schedule if they had fewer divisions. You know, that's that's my other qualm. Either go balanced or 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 don't give so many divisional breaks. Um, yeah, to where just by random luck you can have a, a, an entire division that sucks. An an entire division that's awesome. Just too hard to keep it balanced with six divisions. It's less less a time zone thing than it's just a, I wish we played the Cardinals and Brewers more thing. (laughs) Uh, That's always more fun to see your rivals more. I think their issue is like, as profits become more paramount, they're just like, how can we cut costs because we're paying these guys so much? Oh, yeah, you know what? Slightly less travel. And so you, you have you know, more regional divisions. And that, I think, means that you're going to more likely have a league of eight divisions of four rather than four divisions of eight. Yeah. Or, you know, used to be before make the expansion that, you know, each league would just play each other. But that was when there were only like six or eight teams. <laughs> now you're going to have, a, we're about to, within the next like five to 10 years, have 32 teams. So now, now I think we can talk a little bit about the alignment. Like, how's that going to look? Like, my brainchild is sort of like the NFL idea where you have seven teams in each conference make it, and only the top seed gets to buy them. And I think that might be kind of cool. Like, now it incentivizes you to win your league, right? So it's not just I won my division. It's now you actually have to win your league to get that buy. And to be allowed to set your rotation and twiddle your thumbs for the five days, it takes for everybody else to figure themselves out. But, uh, yeah, I, I think going back to something you guys said earlier, it's probably better to have those days off than, than not. Because, like, if you gave someone a choice, like, hey, are you going to want to play right away, like the weakest wild card? Or do you want those few days off so that you can reset your rotation? What What do you think teams are going to say for the most part? They're, they're probably going to want those days off, right? I mean, I mean, it wasn't the playoffs, but I mean, if you just think back to where we were a month ago, man, the Cubs sure could have used five days off. Oh, man. <laughs> they were just so out of gas. Yeah, it's just you don't know until you get there 
what advantage you would want, you know, uh, depending on like if your team is rolling and you have you have a, a sizable lead heading into the end of the season and you can rest everybody and you can, you know, rotate your lineup and your your starters uh, as much as you like heading into the postseason. Those days off don't mean very much, but when you're pressing and you know you're battling through injuries like the like the Cubs were, and you, you it's like a new uh, bullpen guy is going uh, going down <laughs> every other day. Oh yeah, those days off are like gold. So, but when you're in the off season deciding, oh, what should the rules be, you know, next year or this coming year? You you don't know what what's more favorable. So maybe something where you have a a, a choice heading into the the off season. Like, um, you know, I, I I don't know what the choice would be, but if if it was uh, you can you can take the buy or you can uh, get home field advantage or you know I don't know uh, I. I I don't like those up in the air things where, and I'm sure television networks don't like it when it's up in the air and you don't know for sure when games are going to be. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just too, too hard to say, you know, if you would think if you're a really great team, a juggernaut that the, the rest would be, you know, maybe not as important because you've just been plowing through everybody, but I don't know. I, I think it, it maybe, and, Here's here's the thought. Like maybe it isn't the the extra days rest. Maybe it's the fact that the competitive edge just hasn't been there for the past month of the season. Like Dodgers, Braves, Orioles to some extent, um probably not as much, but like when did those guys find out that they were going to the playoffs? Like was it <laughs> They they knew basically in late August that they they had the postseason berth wrapped up, and they had their divisions decided. I mean, how many weeks was it for the the Braves when they when they clinched the division, or the Dodgers when they clinched the division? It wasn't really close, you know. So maybe it's just they as a team they're just kind of like going through the motions, and it's a little bit harder to turn on the switch. You did remind me of something that I heard a while ago about playoff uh, formats, and one of them that I thought would be very entertaining would be if uh, if you had the top seed, you get to pick which team you played. <laughs> just think of all the bulletin board material; it would just be so much, so much fun. Oh yeah. Uh, or they used to actually reseed when it was just four teams per league, like three division winners in the wild card. They would reseed it. Uh, because like if the wild card was in your division, you would never play them. Uh, they would go to the other one, whether it was like a really high record or a, a lesser record. But now it's it's a straight bracket. Like you don't get to pick your matchup. So I think part of the some some idea that we we could use is a receiving, so that you can always guarantee that one you play is the worst possible team. So in this case, I guess the, the Atlanta would have played Arizona instead. But there's no guarantee because Arizona had been playing so well. Like they, 
basically wiped the floor with Milwaukee, right? And then uh, they wiped the floor with <laughs> the Dodgers as well. So it's not like receding will take away from the point, point that the better team only wins the series like 55% of the time, whereas in like the NBA, it's more like 80%. This isn't the NBA. This is baseball where the ball just bounces stupid. And if it's like a couple of inches here or there and then so the win and blah, 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 it's either a fly out or a home run. You, you don't know what's going to happen. And that's part of the beauty of baseball. And that's part of why we like this chaos, right? So really, I guess the, the only thing you can do is just try to win those high 80s games, score more than the other team most of the time, and hope that <laughs> your bullpen doesn't suck at the worst possible times. And yeah, with just uh, so few games in each series, even the World Series, it's hard to know when you're just going to crap out. Well, here's an here's an idea of how to get rid of that extra day between the wild card round and the divisional series, and to give a little incentive to the teams that have the buy. What if the teams with the buy hosted? the wild card round at their stadiums and then they played the winner of those those rounds like the next day after those series end so does that does this does this make sense like yeah the, i get what you're saying the so the two the two teams with the 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 buy like uh you know the Braves and the Dodgers LA would have hosted one of this one of the wild card series and Atlanta would have hosted the other and then the team that wins they just stay and they play that team with the they play that team with the bye going in and then your stadium's getting all the you know obviously revenue sharing comes into it but your city hosts those games and then it's like this continuous uh, series going into going into your series with them, so they don't get that day of rest in between winning the wild card round and playing your team. But it eliminates that need to like organize travel. Team's already there, you're already there. Let's go next day. Start the series. I feel like the owners would not go for that because they want the majority gate for at least a couple of games, even if. You know, they're not going to be able to host, you know, two or three games of a series because they're lower seat. I, I think that was like the only concession that they made was like, you know, if I am a wild card team and I'm one of the crappier wild cards, I don't get a home game in that first round. That That's the only concession to also if you're the higher wild card, not get that gate. I, I don't know, you know how people would feel about that. And I think. Again, with MLB, it all comes down to money. That's why we have these extra playoff spots and these extra extra games is because postseason equals money. Even if you know fans are like, well, this is kind of diluting the the or increasing the chaos pool and decreasing the talent pool or whatever. Hey, I I I think if if you if you go with that idea, you still get your home playoff games if you win a series you know and that's that that would 
that would just give a little bit of competitive a little bit more competitive advantage to winning your division and and getting the buy i mean i i to me i like the idea of oh great you won your division but you weren't one of the two best teams in the league sorry you're not guaranteed a, a home game in the playoffs you know like <laughs> to me i i like that I, I i like it i like it just fine and if they can figure, if it all comes down to money they can always figure out how they would you know how they would share the profits of the of the games uh to make it a little bit more a little bit more equitable but you're only talking uh-huh. about four total teams that would be losing games that they they don't already have you know across uh across all of all of baseball so i mean i i can i can see the case uh, against it but uh, i think it would solve you know if the concern of the best teams not making it you know not having enough of an advantage if that's the primary concern then that's a that's a good way to give a little bit more a little bit more incentive to uh, being one of those top two teams that that gets a buy. Um, so, yeah, maybe not a great system, but I think it could work. I, I think you have a good point, and I, I would be in favor of your system. I just feel like the, you know, there are maybe ten owners who actually want to win something, and then the rest are just like we we just want to make money. So it's the rest of them that you have to worry about uh, in order to get that system, but. You know, even having a neutral site where basically you you have a double header at the same stadium, like the field would get all destroyed, <laughs> obviously, if you did that. But all the wild card teams playing at one spot would kind of like be the NCAA basketball tournament where you you have four games in a single day at a venue, and that that'd be kind of really cool for the fans, and you know, obviously very bad for productivity at work, but <laughs> you know, like that that's what we live for just like chaos in sports so if you can increase chaos by removing those uh those off days or i, I guess uh, the point is to decrease chaos for the higher teams but increase the chaos for the teams that have to duke it out in the gauntlet right right yeah it might be fun i do it i i just don't think the owners would because you know money well they also want games more spaced out because the more primetime games they can get the better uh especially ones that aren't up against football games yeah they 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 really baseball has to figure out their broadcasting um situation for regular season and postseason it's uh it's a, a mess just how many different networks how many different channels how many different streaming services games can be on it's just a uh, it's, it's so confusing if they're setting the standard for the nfl who's following their lead uh this year which has been a adventure oh yeah with prime and peacock and nfl plus NFL network yeah 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 espn plus i think had one of them it's crazy it's crazy. but baseball they, they they have to get their broadcasting shit together. Well, even if they end the blackouts, that would be uh, that would be huge. <laughs> even over anything else. <laughs> and 
just make the postseason already available on MLB.tv. Because right now, I, I don't think your account allows us to, to watch postseason, right? right? They make you buy like a little extra. And it's just like, well, I guess that's fair. But then the, the regular slate of 162, like there are a few games, your favorite team that are blacked out because they're on Fox or ESPN or they've been flexed to Peacock or Apple TV Plus. And it's just like, well, can you at least drop the price of MLB.TV based on that since we're already paying for these other channels? Uh, I guess that's another story for another day. Yeah, uh, it's, it's still a way better deal than uh, Sunday Ticket for sure. Uh, Let's get get the Cubs back to the playoffs, though. What do you guys think? Like, there's money. I think uh, if you guys are part of the Cubs email list, you you also saw that I I pasted Tom Ricketts' letter to fans uh, on the Obstructive View forum. So we know what he said. I think... You know, there's a reliance on the farm system to give up most of the talent, but they're going to supplement. And by supplement, I'm hoping that means, you know, they will sign Shohei Otani or trade for, say, a Juan Soto or something. But, uh, yeah, what's most likely for them to do based on what we know, even though they keep things so close to the chest? Uh, I would be surprised for them to go after, like, some mid-level relievers. Um, and maybe that's about it. <laughs> Maybe re-sign Candelario. I'd love it. Well, if they're going to target, I mean, I'd love for them to sign Otani, but even past that, if they were going to target one of the Padres guys, I know this is my, uh, my dead horse, but it'd be great if they could get you Darvish back. <laughs> uh, I just really like you Darvish. I mean, I can't he help is myself. so much fun to watch. Still mad about that trade. Yeah. Yeah. I still can't figure that one out. I, 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 as much as people point to, uh, you know, the, the Braves and the Dodgers exits as like a reason why the playoff format is, is bad or why owners won't have incentive to, to, you know, make their teams really good. The Mets this year is the bigger threat, right? Like, like it's one thing if you spend all this money and you create this great team and they go out in the first round of the playoffs, it's a whole other thing if they're done by the trade deadline. Like the Mets were, and I definitely didn't see that coming, and I don't know who did. I, I I know part part of it for me was not really understanding that they didn't get Correa. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> like it it just seemed so much like he was on the team, and they just it just seemed like oh okay they've gone over the line, and when they didn't get him, it didn't really sink in that that they weren't as good as, as we thought, but still, I mean, they, they made the moves, they spent the money and it, it didn't pay off at all. So, yeah, I mean, when it comes to, Oh, what will the Cubs do? I I think they'll probably do a little bit more of what they did this year. Like, I think they'll, you know, they'll, they'll maybe get some strong defending solid performing guys um, at the Pete Alonso rumor definitely sounded good to me. Um, you know, even though I don't know if they can get him to wear special glasses that make it seem like he's facing Cub pitchers, <laughs> but uh, yeah, 
the 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 places where they can improve seem seem fairly obvious but i i think the you know strong strong catcher strong defense um yeah it'll be obviously uh what bellinger's um ultimate destination uh remains to be seen it would be nice to to have have him back but you know they they actually have a pretty good uh defensive center fielder in the wings um they just need to make sure they're they're replacing the replacing the bat um yeah, I'm looking forward to the uh, press release where they came in a strong second place for uh, Kitty Bellinger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But hey, I mean, this is this is it was what we wanted, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I definitely wasn't thinking that we would get two years out of them. So uh, what seems to be a foregone conclusion that they that they won't, or at least that they'll have to uh, pay a lot more than what that, that option was um, if they hope to land him. I don't know. I don't know, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know what the, the, the plans will be. I think the biggest thing, no matter what, uh, no matter what Rickett says in his letter, I think we've learned by now that we have no idea what that will actually translate to. I think he's, he says more about what, uh, they think Cub fans want to hear than what um, he, they actually plan to do. So yeah, it's a it's a crapshoot. Yeah, I'm looking at Cots contracts right now. So next year's first luxury tax threshold is 237 million dollars. Cots says they're around 190 for 2024, and that's with all the AEDs and the options and stuff taken into account. So. The second threshold is 257, then the third is 277, and then the Cohen tax is at 297. I don't think they're going past 277. I don't even think they're going to go to 250, but I think it will uh, go above 237. So that gives them about $50 million to spend. Uh, that doesn't include all the arbitration uh, raises that are due to guys like Adverts and even the magical Nick Madrigal, right? But uh, there's definitely money to be spent. They just have to figure out how to allocate it. Um, what will probably work, though, and I, I guess we can figure that out once the World Series is over, is who is available to trade and who is like available on the Cubs organizational chart to trade from. As, uh, there, there's a couple of things. One, the organizational depth is going to go from 180 to 165. So 15 guys are about to lose their jobs. Uh, so then there's the 40-man issue. Like, I guess we can all look at Arizona Phil's chart to see who's uh, Rule 5 eligible, but some of them will inevitably be. They'll have to be added to the roster. You have to, like, just DFA a bunch of guys. But I, I guess we'll trust the Cubs to, <laughs> to do the right thing there. But yeah, there's a lot of options on docket for the Cubs. Who honestly, they only missed the playoffs by one one game, uh, too, if you count the tiebreaker. So it's just a matter of like I, I know Jeff says we'll get like an affordable mid-range middle reliever. I don't think that should be the kind of deal that you go for. I think at this point you lose what's in house. You 
help hopes that the coaching can actually help them realize the potential and the supplement for the big ticket item rather than you know just trying to patch the leaks with like a Fulmer or a Boxberger who I guess they would have been okay if not for all the arm issues and I, I don't think you can explain away all of Boxberger's issues with injuries, but he was 60 days at the end. So I don't, I don't know. Uh, I, I guess they just need better luck with both performance and in, injuries. Yeah, the, the, the luck with injuries was definitely worse than the, their ability to produce good relievers. Um, the number of, of pitchers who perform well is pretty high. Um, it just the number of them that stayed healthy was way too low. So, it, I mean, it seems like they the the system has done a really good job of producing quality relievers um, slash back of the rotation arms. Um, they seem to always have the one or even two guys who can uh, spot start slash come into a high leverage situation slash uh, pitch innings two through eight. So, um, yeah, I, I, I kind of I, I like the idea of just trusting the system to uh, produce what they need for most of the bullpen and, you know, shoring it up, you know, with deals here or there. But, uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm more concerned with not not giving up the 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 prospects that are going to turn into the guys that you hope you can sign to the big extensions um you know as soon as they prove that they are that they're all stars and wrap them up for the beginning of their you know the prime of their career the way they did with David Bodie for some reason I like mean, when it comes to the baseman there's David <laughs> yeah. Bodie he's he's there <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's just uh, that's the you know guys like uh, Soto. Obviously, he's not in the Cubs system, but when a, when someone like that emerges, uh, that's who that's where I want them to spend the most is from the the guys that that they're able to acquire, or you know if they can get guys on a similar trajectory to what you know what they did with Dansby Swanson. Um, I mean, dang that that it's a big contract, but it's not as big as you know any of the numbers for the other shortstops that were free agents this past past season. Getting you know getting guys that are a little bit on the yeah, the younger side of the arc. Um, I don't know, I don't know. Just they need to they they need to focus on getting really, really good young talent and not so that they can get them during the cost control years and just squeeze every bit of life from them in those early years, but that they can hold on to them and go ahead and pay them. Um, but I, I think that's where the the future of this this league is. It is it, guys who are ages 22 to 27, 28, like, they're the ones carrying the league, in my opinion. Yeah, you want to do like the Atlanta model where they basically identify Ronald Acuna Jr. right away and sign him for the rest of his life, basically. Exactly, <laughs> so, exactly, yes. Yeah, that'd be nice if they could do that. Like the moments uh, Jed and friends are able to do something like that is 
the moments that uh, the window gets jammed wide open, I think. Like, you know, th- those Cubs might still be like Atlanta of the 90s and now where they bow out like, uh, four out of five years, but at least during the playoffs and at least they have a shot. Like there is a 0% chance of winning the World Series if you don't make the playoffs. That That's the way I think about it. So the goal should be to make the playoffs. And then once you're there, to adjust well enough that you keep everybody healthy and performing as well as possible. I think there's a, like, the letter from Tom Ricketts addresses that there is a new core in place. Uh, it's kind of cool that three of them actually got nominated for Gold Gloves, uh, even though you, you kind of wonder if Ian Happ kind of deserves it, but then you look at the left fielders and they're all kind of crappy. And Ian Happ was, like, one of the least crappy of all. Uh, he actually led the league in in uh, outfield assists, which is kind of weird because I never thought of him as, as having a really strong arm, but I guess he just makes sure that the throws get to where they need to go, which is kind of cool. Uh, Ian Happ is like the poster child for <laughs> for guys who uh, perform a lot better than it looks like they should. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing about him that, that to me makes it seem like he's going to be a great hitter or a great fielder or have a great arm. But then you look at the numbers and it's like, oh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, he was he above average. And he didn't strike out as much as we thought he did. So that, that was kind of cool, too. You know, like, yeah. uh, like we're looking at a 112 OPS plus. And he did, you know, that's his OPS was kind of crappy for a corner outfielder, but he got on base and he hits, you know, 20 plus home runs. So he's like the platonic ideal of a good, not great player. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he's in the hall of good enough rather than the hall of very good. There's yeah, the a hall of sure. Yeah. And, you know, right I'll, now, I'll, he, if he, if he's the problem, then we're doing, we're doing all right. <laughs> yeah. If we're talking about war dollars, I, I guess like right now, a guy who's like sure good enough is worth what he signed for extension, which is kind of counterintuitive for the common fan who looks at twenty million dollars and thinks, "Oh my God, that's a lot of money." But don't they they have that money and they like to pay him? And I think, in a way, he kind of deserves it. But uh, again, we need more bats that aren't just Ian Happ. Like you can't rely on Ian Happ. You can't rely on a resurgent, say Suzuki. You can't even. Like assuming Cody Bellinger comes back, rely on the fact that Cody Bellinger will become MVP level Cody Bellinger, or even this past season's Cody Bellinger. Like we just don't know. So I, I think they do need to really find that mixed bet. And uh, they also need to make sure that, you know, if Marcus Stroman comes back, he's not the number one starter. And for that matter, no matter how well he did this year, Justin Steele should not be the number one starter either, unless that's really who he is. Like, if this version of Justin Steele before he ran out of gas is what what he is for the rest of his career, I'll gladly take that. I'm I'm really uh, excited about seeing how Justin Steele looks after his first real full season, right? In terms of innings, like he he it's the most he's ever pitched and in the years prior it wasn't really close i i i think he could be a guy who 
if he's your number two, your number two starter, holy crap. You know, if they have someone who's, who's better than he was this year, you know, if they, that would basically mean they have two of the top five or six Cy Young candidates on the, in the rotation. Um, And, you know, I'll, I'll take that. So I'm, I'm really curious to see how he looks, not just at the beginning of next year, but, you know, when it comes down to crunch time, uh, late September, is he still performing? Because, uh, you know, I think everything he's done up to this point could be conditioning for uh, getting into the shape he needs to be for for next year. Um, he's just so consistent, uh, so dependable and reliable, and so difficult to really uh, square up and hit. Um, I'm I'm absolutely fine with him being the number one starter. And if they can make it a situation where he's the number two guy, I, I think they are set up to excel in the playoffs, no matter what holes they don't plug up uh, uh, in the, in the batting order. Yeah. And we're talking about a, like the Chris Morell, if they don't trade him, like I say let him play third base, uh, even like, if they just give him the entire offseason and spring training and you say you are now our third baseman, not the DH, work on that throw. I think he has the range. He's kind of speedy. He, he should be able to do it, but he needs reps. Uh, if he also like reduces the number of strikeouts, yay. Now there's an extra more reliable bat in your lineup, and you're not just hoping for him to run into a mistake every now and then. But he did have like you know all those home runs, and that was really cool. Uh, I think we're at a situation where Patrick Wisdom probably shouldn't be on your team anymore. That's another hole that can can be uh, plugged up by a replacement who is like way better than a Patrick Wisdom. So there, there's like uh, a couple of Japanese pitchers on the radar. Like one of them is named Yamamoto, and apparently is like. They're they're really thinking he's probably going to command a two hundred million dollar plus contract, so he's gonna make even more than Tanaka did when he he was first uh, posted, right? That's that's another way that I was thinking that the Cubs could try to manage their pitching is to get to a six man rotation because a lot of Japanese pitchers go on that those six man rotations or the five days of rest rather than four days of rest at the very least. So I, I think there's a way to try to just keep your guys as fresh as possible. And that probably means that uh, we need guys that are able to get some whips because you can't always rely on even a cold glove middle infield to make all the plays. They're only human. They're not infallible. But at the same time, it's like if you get a guy with more lifts, doesn't mean throw more pitches than a guy who contact manages. I don't really know the answer to that. I just want them to score more runs than they give up most of the time. Like if they can do that really consistently, I don't care how they do it. Just that's what they should do. That's definitely what they should do is outscore the other team every game. I think that's how you win. I, 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 I don't know. Like, is that in the rule book? Like score more than the other team and you win. That's what it's all about, my friend. Yeah, I'm at the point where I don't care how you do it, just do it. <laughs> I, I am a little afraid that I'm getting uh, too optimistic about next year, regardless of 
this off season definitely doesn't feel as desperate as previous off season. So I'm trying not to get too geared up about any one um, off season target. We'll just see what happens. Unless the reason that Morrell has to play third is because Otani is the DH. Speaking of, I have to correct uh, something you said earlier. You said the baseball players are only human, but uh, we, we do have Shohei Otani, who I think is an alien from outer space. <laughs> Unfortunately, he still has the UCL, so can't pitch next year. Bummer. But he can't hit. Like, uh, he'll, he'll come back pretty soon. And he'll be able to hit again, just like Bryce Harper did after his uh, UCL surgery. So that'd be fun. We're not at next year yet. So we can talk more about trades and stuff once the five days after World Series uh, madness is up. But first, the teams have to make it to the World Series. So at this point, the Phillies are up 3-2 in the NLCS. And barring anything stupid happening to the Rangers bullpen, uh, this ALCS is going to a game seven. So, so four possibilities for the World Series. I really, really thought they'd be done by now, but uh, we might actually be treated to two game sevens uh, for the first time in a while. So, yeah, like we, we can talk about the four potential series. So, we have, I guess, the first timers series, or I guess in the case of Arizona would be the second time that they already won. But you have Texas and Arizona, which I guess would be a ratings nightmare for MLB. Uh, you have Astros against Arizona. And, and in that case, I have no idea who we root for because I'm, I'm still mad at Arizona for basically ending the Cubs season. And uh, the Astros is kind of self-explanatory. They got Astros Phillies, which is the rematch series, and then uh, Texas Phillies which would be kind of fun, you know, because those are two very fun teams to look for. So, yeah, what what's your hope, and what do you think actually will happen? I'm rooting for the Phillies, but every team I set up in a root for uh, has been cursed, so I forget I said anything. <laughs> I think Not the cool Astros. A rematch series, right? Yeah, a rematch series. I, I feel like most of America outside of Houston, Texas, is going to root against the Astros. So we, we can consider that none of us are really rooting for the Astros, although we haven't seen a repeat World Series winner since the late two, uh, 90s Yankees. So it kind of goes to show you how hard it is, first of all, to even get to the playoffs, and secondly, how hard it is to win a World Series if no team is able to repeat for more than two decades now. Like, they've gotten to the, to the World Series. They just can't win two in a row. Uh, they, they've they definitely been in too many World Series for my liking. Um, and I definitely hope they don't come back and tie this game now that the, the deficit is seven runs. I, I, I think a game seven uh, will be pretty fun. But... It, it, as much as I don't want the Astros to win, it's pretty hard to bet against them um, in a game seven situation. Uh, the, and I, I do, I want the Phillies to, to win, but as much as it was annoying to see the Diamondbacks beat the Cubs, they beat them because they played so well. Um, those series 
against the diamond, those two series against the diamondbacks were intensely frustrating and the Cubs did melt down a little bit against them, but it seemed to be more that they, the D-backs just played really, really, really well. Yeah. The diamondbacks won those series more than the Cubs lost them. Yeah. Yeah. And I have a a lot, a, a lot easier time accepting that when a team just, plays out of their minds and as long as it's not dana murphy who's the the one responsible uh that's one of those things too like i was talking to uh the the project lead who's a phillies fan about that uh you know crazy play of the phillies was a phillies brave series where harper got thrown out on the two plan or whatever i was like are you upset about that he was like no that was an amazing play (laughs) It's like, I'm just mad at the Phillies, Phillies bullpen. I thought like, that the Braves are doing great things. <laughs> it's yeah. The same, the same kind of thing. Like, oh, they made an awesome play. Good for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mm-hmm. see the only reason why this game has got, or this series has gone six games is because Craig Kimball basically crapped the bed two games in a row. Uh, so there, there are some uh, bullpen issues for, Basically, every team remaining in the tournament has bullpen issues. They have rotation issues. They have bullpen issues. Like beyond uh, Wheeler and Nola, like who, do, who does this Philly have? They have to do a bullpen game. It, it does seem like every starter that the Astros has right now have their own set of issues. Even like Valdez today uh, was giving up runs galore. You know, like he... Didn't give up as many runs uh, as in, in the first game, but I, I f- feel like they're just not like a feared rotation, like you know when the D backs had Randy Johnson and Kurt Schilling. They they did. I, I'm just not afraid of any of these pitchers. If I was a major league player, that, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, I think the the shutdown starter is almost gone. I mean, maybe that's a that's a whole other show, but. The 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 Scherzers and Verlanders, um, the Schillings and and Johnsons, it it's the 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 guys who dominate now. I mean, it's it's Blake Snell and Justin Steele, and, and it, it's like I don't know. Neither of those guys like makes you quake in your boots. It's just like you look up and uh, they just shut you out. Um, uh, to be to be fair, like uh, the the who is it? Uh, I always mix them up. Zach Allen on the Diamondbacks, pretty good. Mm-hmm. So is Spencer Strider on the uh, the Braves. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. May, maybe also with it, it seems like maybe there were more. It feels like there were more aces with it than there used to be, but maybe maybe not so much. <laughs> yeah, I mean there there are aces for sure, but it's just I don't know. It's it's different. It, it, maybe it's because I'm older, so they just look like kids to me. Um, but just the 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 dominating guy who, like, even at home watching them pitch was was scary. I mean, Randy Johnson when when that guy threw from the mound, I like feared for the lives of every batter. <laughs> I, <laughs> I couldn't understand how anyone would even think about hitting against that guy. Yeah, the ironic thing is that Randy Johnson uh, doesn't throw as hard as some of the guys like who aren't as quote dominant as he was now. So, you know, Strider has like 99 plus 100, 
uh, Strasburg when he wasn't hurt. You know, he, he had the 100 plus. Uh, there are a bunch of starters, including Otani, who can get to 100 plus. So now they're just throwing really, really hard, but they're not lasting as long because it takes energy and effort to throw that hard. So uh, I, I think part of what needs to be done is to tell them, hey, it's okay to dial it back every now and then and try to get length out of your game. But at the same time, you know, strikeouts are good. It means your defense has to be less. So I, I get why teams are built that way. I just don't necessarily think that's the best in terms of uh, long-term health and for the excitement of the game. Strikeouts are cool every now and then, big moments and stuff. But if they happen like 25 times a game, it's kind of boring. So that's just one more ace. You Darvish. All right. I think I've kept you guys long enough on your lovely Sunday evening. We are going to get a game seven, at least one. We'll find out tomorrow if we'll get another. Uh, there are still those four possibilities for the World Series, but uh, I, I think uh, we'll come back to this after the World Series and really hunker down and figure out what it is the Cubs can do to basically, like, you know, get into and win their first World Series since 2016, which is a lot more recent than the other number that they used to make fun of the spell. Still feels like a lifetime ago. <laughs> Yeah, there was a pandemic and everything, so, you know, that adds 10 years to your life. But, uh, yeah, it wasn't actually that long ago. I think I'm good until at least 2026, but uh, after that, I might have to throw, like, rotten fruit at Wrigley Field or something if they don't win. Uh, Anyway, thanks, guys, for hanging out with me today. You can find us at obstructedview.net and whatever uh, social media applications there are right now that aren't uh, burning down in flames. So, yeah, that's really all we have. You can thank uh, Rich Deanna for a theme song and Randall Sanders for pulling the final out call. And, uh, yeah, uh, go Phillies, I guess, right? Go Schwarber. Ex-Cub Power. Yeah, let's go Warbear. Go Cub somehow. <laughs> well, he, he's always a Cub. I'm pretty sure he'll, he'll be shared uh, whenever he comes back. Do you guys know if his uh, ball is still on top of the scoreboard, or did they take it down finally? I think it is gone. I thought I heard that they 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 took it down. Maybe he wanted it for his trophy case or his mantle or something. I don't know. Maybe they should just donate it to to Cooperstown. I don't know. But anyway, yeah, there there are ex Cubs uh, go Castellanos. Uh, I'm sure. Something weird will happen when he hits another one to deep to left. <laughs> but uh, until next year, go Cubs, I guess. But we'll see you after the World Series. It was more than just a game.